Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the NFL Week 15 episode of the Road to 272 Bets here on the Bacon Bets podcast. And Gambler giveth Gambler taketh away. Uh, I even think I said in last week's episode of the podcast that uh, everything was coming up Millhouse. I was hot in the NHL, I was hot in college basketball, I was hot in NFL back-to-back uh, big-time winning weeks, and then I followed it up, of course, with one of the worst uh, weekends of sports betting of my entire life. Uh, NFL actually was bad, wasn't disastrous, it was bad though. Uh, this week in the NFL, we finished 6-9. Uh, and nine. For minus 3.16 units. That brings our season to date record. We are still well in the profit though. 109, 97, and two pushes for plus 6.01 units. Um, but I wish what I should have done is Sunday morning. I wish I would have sent out a tweet and told everyone um, to just go ahead and take the opposite of all my plays because vibes were off. Uh, I I think I went like one and eight or something overall in sports on Saturday. Um, I did not have a good Friday. And I woke up on Sunday and I took a look at all my NFL bets and I just I just didn't I didn't like them I didn't like where I was sitting at um, and to be honest um, I don't even like a lot of the times when I lose I come on here and I make excuses I don't even have excuses uh, for the kind of bets that I lost let me let me see if I can bring them up here um, just bad bets straight up just bad bets this week uh, no real excuse uh for it um we did win thursday so i mean that did help going into into uh, sunday's week uh 14 slate want to know uh but here we go um under colton and it, this was another thing it seemed like all the injury news went against me like i took the under big reason why because i thought trevor lawrence was going to be out uh he played the under 34 was a bad bet and Jaguars Browns uh the Lions I don't know why it took the Lions I took the Bears to win right against the Lions a couple weeks ago and now the Bears at home for some reason are going to flip the script and go the opposite way I don't know why I did that um Seahawks uh, I took plus 10 and a half when uh when when I expected to be Geno Smith I went think it went all the way up to 13 and a half when Drew Locke was announced and of course, they don't cover the ten and a half, but did cover the thirteen and a half if you got it at that line. Um, and then I did place. Uh, this is the, one of the reasons why I wanted to review my plays. I placed what might have been the worst bet uh, of my life as a NFL better. I took the over in a game that finished three nothing. Vikings Raiders over forty. It finished three nothing. I could not, outside of a, a nothing, nothing loss, which is very much in the books, there wasn't a field goal until late. Um, that was about as bad of a, of a bet as you can place. I have no excuse. Um, I lost a lot of bets this week. Six and nine, though, at the end of the day, yes, it hurts, but at the end, we're, we're going to have some losing weeks. It was a losing week. We're still well in the profit for the season, up six units on the season, and we have 15, 16, 17, 18, four weeks to go. So hopefully I've built enough uh, myself enough of a cushion. Not only should, uh, should I be able to stay profitable, let's see if we can still push our way back up to finish this, finishing the season up 10 units. Uh, I do feel a lot more comfortable with my plays this week. 
Um, I think I tried to big brain myself a few times. I underthought the bets I should have overthought. And I overthought the bets I should have underthought. We're going to have a couple of bad weeks here and there. Um, overall, though, I will say, um, a few weeks ago on this podcast, I made the prediction that the Eagles would lose three straight games. I said they were the most fraudulent team in the NFL. They'd lose three straight games, those three games being against the Bills, uh, the 49ers, and the Cowboys. And, oh, I was oh so close. Oh, I was close to doing some victory laps. Um, but, of course, uh, Jake Elliott had to kick uh, one of the greatest field goals in NFL history, and the Eagles won in overtime against the Bills, but then since then got their asses absolutely handed to them uh, by both the 49ers and the Cowboys. Now, I see some Eagles fans out there saying, uh, no, that actually doesn't show that the Eagles are frauds. Um, we lost a tough game to the 49ers, and then everyone loses the week after they play 49, the 49ers, which I, I don't really know what playing the 49ers the week before has to do uh, with anything um, completely ignoring the fact they probably should have lost to the Bills as well. Uh, this Eagles team is not good. Uh, their offense has gone from a good unit this season to an average unit. Their defense has gone from an average unit to a bad unit. Uh, and if you want to argue with me, then I can you know list off the long list of metrics I have to prove those two statements. I'm not just saying that. When I tweeted out the uh, my fraud rankings a few weeks ago, and I when I first put the Eagles at number one, my mentions and DMs were filled with people that are telling me I was just making a clickbait article. There's no way I, I believe that. I'm an idiot. I obviously don't watch football. And now everyone and their grandmother is calling the Eagles frauds uh, weeks after I did that. Um, I might not be a professional better. Actually, I'm, I'm certainly not a professional better. I might not be even a good better. Um, but one thing I do pride myself in is that I can sniff out a fraud when it comes to sports. I've done it year after year after year in multiple different sports. If I'm calling your team a fraud, you should be nervous. Eagles, once again, proven to be frauds. Uh, they're going to make the playoffs, um, but um, they're probably going to lose their first or second game. I, did, I don't think they're going to touch the Super Bowl. The 49ers are by far, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL. 49ers and then the Ravens in the AFC uh, would be my prediction. Uh, let's take a quick look at uh, the Super Bowl odds. Uh, four weeks left. I don't think there's a ton of value to place right now, but if anyone's curious for some future bets, if you want to place a bet on the Super Bowl, let me take a look. 49ers, big favorite, plus 270. Then you got the Ravens, Chiefs, Eagles, Dolphins, Cowboys, Bills. I mean, if the Bills make the playoffs, I think they're going to be dangerous. I still don't think they have the defense to do it, though. I think the time to bet them was last week when they were like 33 to 1. Now they're 18 to 1. Uh, not a ton of value on the board. Don't love the Lions to win the Super Bowl. Don't love the Jaguars. Don't love the Browns. Don't love the Texans, Vikings, Broncos, Seahawks, Falcons, Rams. 120 to 1. Rams have been playing some fantastic football despite uh, losing to the Ravens this past weekend. If you want a, a complete. Long shot that's never going to win. I'd say Rams 120 to 1. Outside of that, I still think there's some value on the Ravens at 6 to 1. I think the Ravens are clearly the best team in the AFC. Um, MVP odds. I think it's come down to Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott. I can't bet on an MVP um, at, uh, in, at, in New York at regulated sports books because they don't allow you to bet on awards in New York. Um, so I'm going to have to bring up in one of my offshore books here and see what the odds are saying. I bet, uh, on Brock Purdy at, um, 14 to one, uh, a few weeks back. So I'm cheering quite heavily for Brock Purdy. Um, actually I was, uh, here on my computer, um, drunkenly playing blackjack one night 
at this offshore sports book because that's what I like to do once every few weeks, have a couple of drinks and play some online blackjack like degenerate. And I was up a ton of money. Um, so I ended up taking a good portion of that profit and placing on Brock Purdy 14 to 1 to win MVP. Um, so what are the current odds? I think it's come down to Purdy and Dak. Um, nope, nope, nope. Do they have them posted? They might not even have them posted. They might not have them posted because of, uh, because Tua was playing tonight. No, the sports book I bet on Brock Purdy MVP of 14 to 1 does not have MVP odds posted right now. I believe heading into Monday night, I believe it was, and I don't think Tua did enough, I mean, especially losing, that he's going to affect the odds. So I think it was like Tua and, uh, or sorry, Purdy and Dak Prescott around, Four to one, three to one each. I think you have to bet on one of those, one of those two guys. I think Tua had a chance to get in the conversation with a big game tonight. They lost. So I don't think he's in the conversation anymore. I'm just checking a different... Uh... No, this this offshore doesn't have it either. I'd go Purdy. That's who I bet on a while ago. Uh, the, the Cowboys have a bit of a tough schedule. Let's check out schedules uh, the remaining way. Cowboys... Um, have the Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Commanders, all bad defenses, to be fair, all teams that they might lose to because of the opposing offenses, but all bad defenses. But I think the 49ers have uh, 49ers have the Ravens. Uh, Cardinals, Commanders, Rams, Ravens. Uh, so obviously the one that sticks out is the Ravens. If they're even odds, you might want to go Dak Prescott because even though the Cowboys might lose a couple of these games, it's not going to be because of their offense. Bills, Dolphins, Lions are all three teams that have good offenses, bad defenses. Commanders uh, have a terrible defense. So if you want to bet an MVP right now, bet, bet Dak, Dak Prescott. If you want to bet on a Super Bowl winner, uh, Ravens. Or if you want a super long shot, Rams at 120 to 1 would be my suggestions. Um, bye weeks are over. So we got 16 games to bet on, 16 games to watch. Uh, we got Thursday night, three Saturday, and then Sunday and Monday. So we got a lot to get through here. Uh, let's dive into it once again. Oh, actually, let me just finish the recap. So last week, six and six wins, nine losses, minus 3.16 units, bringing season to date record to 109.97 and two for plus 6.01 units. My best bets last week went three and two. I won the Bucks against the Falcons. Talk about that later, maybe. I don't know. I'm so sick. Whatever. I won the Bucks, Cowboys, and Titans. I lost the Lions and the Packers. Teaser lost. Uh, Bucks plus eight and a half hit easily. Packers down to a pick them loss to the Giants. Screwed us on the teaser. Uh, so let's get into it. It is the NFL week 15 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. The road to 272 bets marches on. Let's dive into it. No, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor. And it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. Utility man. All right, let's start with Thursday night football. Before I get into that game here, though, 
Uh, be sure to go ahead and head over to the Bacon Bets Podcast YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. That would be much appreciated. If you're already watching this on YouTube and you're not subscribed, please subscribe now. Also, like the video and then go and rate and review the audio version uh, of the podcast. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see I'm officially in the festive spirit. I got some Christmas lights on behind me. I got a Christmas-esque sweater on. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, it's the holidays. Uh, Christmas Vacation, the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I watched it for the first time last week. Meh. Uh, an average to below average movie. I didn't know. I was talking to my coworkers, uh, the, my fellow bet-sided writers. Apparently, it's a beloved movie. Uh, some people even think it's the greatest Christmas movie. Um, I didn't really like it. I don't think I laughed once. Um, don't get the don't get the hype behind that. Uh, my picks for the greatest Christmas movies of all time: the original Grinch cartoon. Um, a Muppet Family Christmas, not to be confused with A Muppet Christmas Carol, A Muppet Family Christmas, where the Swedish chef and Big Bird uh, sing Merry Christmas, and Big Bird goes, Merry Christmas, and then the Swedish chef goes, Oogla Schmoogla. Uh, so that's Muppet Family Christmas. That's up there. That might be my number one. Grinch original cartoon might be number two. I watched the 1947 version of Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, that would be, uh, that's all the way up to number three, I think. I, I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, Christmas Story might come in at number four, and my number five favorite Christmas movie um, of all time. Not a big elf guy. Elf is good, but is it top five? I have another one, and I can't think of it, so I'm going to look up a list and see if I can remember here. Die Hard. Die Hard does take place during Christmas. I don't think it's a Christmas movie because it doesn't have Christmas themes to it uh there's no heartwarming ending to it that relates to christmas or santa claus or anything related to winter holidays nightmare before christmas is a movie that you watch in november because it's not really christmas and it's not really halloween uh i'm gonna go rudolph the red-nosed reindeer the clay, clay uh, claymation one i'm looking at a list of top 20 i don't even think they have oh charlie brown christmas nope charlie brown christmas number five uh, they don't even have a Muppet, they have Muppet Christmas Carol ranked at number eight. They don't even have a Muppet Family Christmas. A Muppet Family Christmas might be the most slept on Christmas movie of all time. It's, you can watch it for free on YouTube. <clears throat> uh, aired in 1987. I want to make sure it's the right one. Yes, it is. A Muppet Family Christmas. If you're going to watch any of my recommendations for Christmas movies this year, watch A Muppet Family Christmas. It is on YouTube in full for free. Um, all right, let's talk football. Uh, this this intro then bled into this, uh, the picks portion of the show. Let's, let, let's get into some football here. Chargers and Raiders. Um, starting for your Los Angeles Chargers is Easton Stick. Um, now I'm going to go back. I'm going to divert from football once again. Um, if you grew up in Canada and played hockey, or if I guess you just played hockey in the States as well, um, and if you played hockey in the early 2000s as a kid, um, you remember the Easton Synergy Sticks, uh, which were all the rage. Um, you were not a cool hockey player unless you unless the hockey stick you used was an Easton Synergy. Um, I could not use an Easton Synergy because I played goalie, and I was jealous that there wasn't a goaltender version of the Easton Synergy. My point in talking about this, though, is that whenever I hear Easton Stick's name, I can't help but think of the Easton Synergy Sticks that all the kids back in the day um, used. I remember Brady Fisher, who is a guy I haven't thought about in 15 years, was the first kid 
on my minor league hockey team to have a uh, Easton synergy. And a lot of people followed suit. Uh, but I think Brady Fisher came from some money, if I remember. I think he was kind of like the rich kid on the team. So he always got like the newest, coolest gear first. Um, and I remember him getting a Easton synergy first. And then a lot of people ended up getting That was like the Christmas gift to get. I wish I could have got one, but as a goalie in the Easton Synergy, there was no goalie stick version of the Easton Synergy. My point is, when I think of Easton Stick, which is the Chargers quarterback this week, I think of an Easton Synergy. I'm not betting on the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers were already bad enough with Justin Herbert. He was the only one who could give this offense any kind of spark. Uh, but now you have uh, a hockey stick starting for a quarterback of the Chargers to go with a bad defense. Now, if the Chargers had a good defense, then maybe I would consider it as three-point underdogs in Las Vegas. Uh, but their defense is still one of the worst in the NFL. 25th in opponent EPA per play, 28th in opponent success rate. And if their offense wasn't good with Justin Herbert the past few weeks, I imagine they're not going to be much better with Easton Stick. Um, so I will take uh, the Raiders minus three. I will lay the field goal. I can't figure out the Raiders. I took the over in their game last week and they won three nothing or they lost three nothing. So they didn't score a single point last week. Can they score this week? I don't know. You might just want to fade whatever I say in Raiders games. That probably is not a terrible strategy. I wish I didn't have to bet on them anymore the rest of the year, but this is the road to 272 bets. So I have to bet on every game. Raiders minus three, minus 110 on Thursday night football. Um, a lot of these picks actually might start getting a little bit quick because I'm just kind of repeating myself because now at this point in the season, we know what these teams are. There's no breaking news, really. I don't really have any breaking hot takes. If you've been listening to this podcast, and I assume you're not going to jump into the road to 272 bets in week 15, you've already know, uh, you already know how I feel about the majority of these teams. You don't need me to repeat repeating the same thing over and over. I don't think it brought the graphic up there for the YouTube viewer. So there you go. Raiders minus three. Minus 110. Uh, Vikings and Bengals. Uh, the first of three Saturday games. Um, I'm going to take the Vikings plus three and a half minus 105. And this one on the road in Cincinnati. Jake Browning, very hot. But unfortunately, um, if you've been listening to this podcast the past couple of years, if you've been reading my articles, if you've watched and been watching uh, my videos and the spots that I do, you should know that by now, I mean, we saw it with Joshua Dobbs earlier this year, ironically, because now the Vikings are playing this game. There are a few things I like to do more than bet against a quarterback who's an upstart quarterback, appeared out of nowhere, had a couple of great starts, and now everyone's kissing their feet. Um... I need to see if more than just a couple game sample size to believe Jake Browning is a good quarterback. I've not seen that yet. So I'm going to go ahead and bet against him. I would set this line as Bengals minus two and a half under that key number three. It's at Bengals minus three and a half. So I think we're getting a point of value and an important point with it crossing the key number of three. And Brian Flores, we got to give this guy his flowers as the young kids say. Um, he has turned this Vikings defense into one of the best defenses in the NFL. They actually got off to a bit of a slow start this year. Um, but overall now, they're now fifth in opponent EPA per play, seventh in opponent success rate. Um, and you can read, there's a lot of really well-written articles about this, but a lot of um, his whole defensive scheme is very unique, uh, which makes it very difficult for teams to game plan against. A lot of zone blitzes, a lot of playing guys at several different positions. I think the Vikings have a player who has played every position this year except for defensive tackle. It's crazy stuff Brian Flores is doing. Too bad Coach of the Year is a head coaching award. Um, is there a coordinator of the year? I don't think there is, but if there was an award for coordinator of the year, it should go to Brian Flores, no questions asked. So I'm going to trust the Vikings defense 
because I think a young quarterback who doesn't have a lot of NFL experience, this is a nightmare matchup for him. A team that's going to have a lot of zone blitzes, a team where you're going to have guys playing all sorts of different positions. Um, and not only that, just a, a defense that has put up extremely good numbers this year. I think this is going to be a tough game for Jake Browning. Um, should the Bengals be favored at home? Sure. But with it over that magic number of three, I like the points with the Vikings quite a bit. Uh, give me the Vikings plus three and a half minus one Oh five uh, Steelers and Colts. We're betting on the Colts a lot this year. I'm going to flip them all, uh, on them this week. Though I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers plus three minus one ten in this one. I think these two teams are kind of the definition of average teams in the NFL, but there is one stylistic advantage that I think the Steelers have in this game. And that's, I think they can run the football on this Colts defense. This Colts defense actually started off the year, the first few weeks, being a very good run defense. They have turned into one of the worst run defenses in the league. Uh, 26th in opponent EPA per rush, uh, 29th in opponent rush success rate. Uh, so if the Steelers decide to keep the ball on the ground, I think they especially should and will uh, with Trubisky quarterback. They weren't able to do it this past week because they kind of got down early to the uh, Patriots. Uh, but I think they can keep the ball on the ground. I think they have a lot of success with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren on the ground against this Colts defense. And as a whole, the Steelers defense uh, is better than the Colts, ranking inside the top 10 in both opponent DPA and opponent success rate. Colts are around average in those marks. So I'll take the three points. Uh, it's at two and a half at a lot of books. Let me let you know where I got the three points. Um, I got the three points over points bet, um, and it's actually already moved down. Sorry, it's down to two and a half. Uh, there's only so much I can do. Um, I place my bets, I write my notes, and then sometimes but by the time I write my notes and then set myself up to record, the line has moved. Um, it's down to two and a half. I do still like the Steelers. I like the Steelers getting any kind of points in this game. Um, whatever team is getting points, I like it. So I do like the Steelers uh, plus two and a half. I'm sorry. I wish there was three still available. Maybe it'll go back up to three sometime this week. But this is one game that I specifically remember. There was only one three left on the board. It was points bet, um, and now it's off the board. Let me check to see if any book is still still at three, but I, I, I don't think so. Um, there's only so much I can do, folks. I'm sorry. Uh, this is a Saturday game, Steelers-Colts. Uh, sports Interaction, if you have that sports book, not a regulated book in New York, so I can't use them. They still have a three at minus 120. Power play has a three at minus 125 as of recording this. Um, B win has a three at minus 120. Bovada, if you like an offshore book, that's probably one I'd recommend. It would be Bovada or Bodog if you're in Canada, that they have a three at minus 120. So there are still some threes out there. Oh, BetMGM, actually. There's a regulated book. BetMGM does have plus three. You do got to bet minus 120 juice. I would do that. If I was betting this at this moment... Um, I would take the plus three minus 120 juice and obviously based on how this line has moved including how it's moved in the past hour at points bet this will move down to minus or at to two and a half so if you're listening to this this first thing Tuesday morning go check bet MGM if the three is still available at minus 120 that's the way to go because that three is a very very key number uh, Broncos and Lions once again I do not know why I bet the the Bears last week against the Lions I had the right handicap the first game. Then the Bears were at home. I overthought that one so bad. I I don't know why. I don't I, I don't know why I bet the Lions. But with that being said, I like the Lions quite a bit this week. Um. So 
And I just realized that I was not recording. I've not been recording since the intro um, on my audio recording app. So, but that's okay. I'm smart. I'm going to take the audio from the video and put it into my audio editing. I think if that's going to work. If not, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's 1 a.m. Uh, sometimes mid-podcast, I always like to make sure I'm recording everywhere and I see that I'm recording my video. And then I went to go check um, my audio recording um, software and that's not recording. So can I pull the audio from my video and put it in this software? Don't know. I think I can. If I can't, it's not going to be good. Yikes. If you're listening to this right now on the audio version of the podcast, then I figured it out. Congratulations to me. Um, Lions Broncos. I'm going to take the Lions. I got a minus four and a half, minus 110 here. I think it's time to buy low on the Lions. You guys know I like to buy low, sell high. I think it's a buy low spot on the Lions. Um, and one thing that I've noticed about the Lions, um, actually, while handicapping this game, they are a team that has been significantly better at home compared to on the road. And actually, the same thing is uh, being said for the Broncos. So actually, the main reason why I like the Lions to cover this game is because they are at home. Net yards per play. They move from um, plus 1.1 at home to minus 0.1 on the road. So a plus 1.2 differential in net yards per play for the Lions when they're playing at home. And the Broncos move from a 0.0 net yards per play at home to minus 1.6 net yards per play on the road. That is the second worst net yards per play on the road in the NFL. So... To put it quite simply, um, bet against the, the Broncos on the road, bet on the line, bet on the lines at home. Now, majority, I will say, majority of teams are better at home than on the road, but very few, if any, have as significant of a difference between their home numbers and their uh, road numbers um, than the uh, Detroit Lions and Denver Broncos. Um, so I'm going to lay the four and a half points with the Lions here. I think the Broncos are a little bit overrated based on the amount of the amount of takeaways they've been able to get on defense. I don't think their offense is generally all that good. I don't think they can keep pace with the Lions offense when the Lions are playing at home. Give me Lions minus four and a half, minus one ten. And that is the Saturday night game. Uh, moving on to Sunday afternoon here. It is the Packers. It is the Broncos. The Packers just lost to the Giants um, in a big upset. Um, both Monday night football games. What a nice little underdog parlay there. Um, but I'm not afraid to back them again. I got the minus three, minus 102 at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now let's pump the brakes on the Buccaneers a little bit. I know they just beat my Falcons. I know they're in first place in the NFC South right now. Um, but they are still, in my opinion, the third best team in that division. Um, they were out-gained in that game against the Falcons, 6.3 yards per play to 4.3 yards per play. As a whole, they're 26th in net yards per play, 22nd in net yards per play over the last three games. This is not a good defense. Now, I do, uh, I am willing to bet on the Buccaneers when they take on a run-first team. Um... Because the Buccaneers have a good run defense, bad pass defense, good pass offense, bad run offense. So you can really kind of, I've been, I feel like I've been on the right side of a lot of Buccaneers games because they have a very clear identity both offensively and defensively. And unfortunately, those identities don't match up with what the Packers do well. 
Uh, the Packers are going to be, be able to throw the ball, uh, which is what they do well against this Buccaneers defense. They're 29th in opponent yards per pass attempt. They give up 7.2 yards per throw. Even Desmond Ritter threw for like 340 yards against this Buccaneers defense. If he can do that, Jordan Love certainly can. Uh, meanwhile, 40.07% of the yards gained against the Packers defense comes on the ground. That's the fourth highest rate in the NFL. Um, and that's bad for the Bucs because... The Bucs can't run the football. 24th in rush EPA, 30th in rush success, success rate, 31st in yards per carry. So the Buccaneers or the Packers' strength on, on offense is throwing the ball. The Buccaneers' weakness on defense is pass defense. Advantage Packers. Uh, Packers' weakness on defense is stopping the run. Buccaneers' weakness on offense is running the football. Strengths match up with weaknesses on both sides of the football for the Packers. Therefore, I will lay the points with Green Bay minus three, minus 102. Uh, next up, we got uh, my Atlanta Falcons. Um, I know they're a frustrating team. I know they suck. I know they probably just fucked themselves out of a playoff spot. Um, but I don't know why they're only a three-point favorite against the Carolina Panthers. Um, once again, styles make fights. What is the one thing the Falcons do well on offense? Run the football. Who's the worst run defense in the NFL? The Carolina Panthers. It's not rocket science. My friends, the Panthers are dead last in both opponent rush EPA and opponent rush success, success rate dead last in both of those categories. And the Falcons run the football a ton. They run the ball in 48.02% of their plays, 51.79% of their plays over the last three games. So if they continue to run the ball a lot, like I expect them to do, I see no reason why they can't run the ball successfully on the worst run defense in the NFL. And overall, actually, even though the Falcons are probably going to miss the playoffs at this point, the Falcons overall actually aren't that bad of a team. Um, I'm going to be a rational Falcons fan here, and this is not going to be our year for the Super Bowl anyways. Um, it is frustrating to watch them week in and week out because I actually think they've lost a lot of games they deserve to win. In fact, they're 12th in the NFL in net yards per play. They have a better net yards per play than the Eagles, for example. Um, but they find ways to lose games. Young Way Koo missed two field goals uh, this week that screwed them. Uh, Desmond Ritter, um, was it a pick six that he threw? Desmond Ritter had another bad turnover. Um, and that's the story of most of their losses. Was it the Titans? Desmond Ritter had like three turnovers on the goal line. Um, you look after, you look at them almost every single week. Um, they're losing games that they're outplaying their opponents in. Um, I'm curious where, okay, 20th in average scoring margin, minus 1.4. Not great, actually. Let me bring up the Falcon schedule. They have already screwed themselves in games that, that, uh, that they should have won. Um, commanders, they should have beat the Commanders. That was a tough one. It should have beat the Titans. That was a tough one. Should have, should have beat the Vikings. That was a tough one. Should have beat the Cardinals. That was a tough one. Cardinals, last second uh, field game-winning field goal drive. Uh, Titans, I think, late touchdown. Vikings, uh, late touchdown. Uh, Buccaneers, late touchdown. Every Falcons game seems like comes down to the final drive, and uh, a lot of them have gone against them. My point is, overall, they're a better team than the Panthers, plus they have the stylistic matchup. Uh, I set this team as like a four and a half point favorite in this game. I'll take a minus three on the road in Carolina. Um, Giants against uh, the Saints. I forgot to write in my notes which side I'm going with, and I believe my pick was Saints. And I think I got them at minus five and a half. It was minus six before Monday Night Football, but that line came down after the Giants upset 
the Packers. Let me just check my bet stamp. What did I get them at here just to be sure? Minus 5.5, minus 110. And this is one you can actually get CLV because the line moved against me after I placed the bet. It's now minus 110, or sorry, minus 5.5 at minus 105 at FanDuel. Um, I still think the Giants stink. I do not believe in Tommy DeVito. Um, I'm starting to not like Tommy DeVito. I think him and his family are cartoons and kind of play into the whole, hey, I'm Italian, hey. If you saw, like, the video and picture of, like, his agent tonight, like, he's wearing a fedora, like, come on, let's, let's relax, folks, come on. If I was Italian, I think I'd be offended by, like, how, like, cartoonish Italian they're acting. Hey, we scored a touchdown, hey, stop. Um... I'll lay the points at the Saints here. I, I don't believe this Giants team is good. I don't have updated numbers after Monday Night Football, obviously, but heading into tonight, uh, the Giants were, you know, bottom five in almost every single category offensively, bottom half of the league in almost every single stat defensively. Uh, Saints defense is seventh in opponent EPA per play, fourth in opponent success, success rate. I don't think Tommy DeVito on Italian day. I don't think he's going to have a good game. This is probably the toughest defense he's had to face since he played in that Cowboys game. Um, if, it, if, if he did, then the, the toughest defense that he will have faced since, um, that ass kicking they took. Yeah. Tommy DeVito did play in that game. 14 for 27, 86 yards and a pick. Um, other than that, I mean, they played the commanders, the Patriots, they scored 10 points and then he did have a good game against uh, the Packers. Good enough, I suppose. Um, but I, I don't believe in Tommy DeVito. I don't think this Giants defense is any good. I will lay the minus five and a half with the Saints. Uh, Titans against, uh, the Texans. Um, I am, this is, this is one that I would not recommend betting on, on, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, I wouldn't bet on this game right now. Um, I would wait until we find out the injury report for the Texans. Um, I really wish I didn't have to bet on this game right now, but I will take the Titans minus two and a half, minus 110. Uh, but the amount of injuries that the Houston Texans have, um, this line is going to be to move rapidly as the week goes on, as we get more information. CJ Stroud is in concussion protocol. Um, Dalton Schultz is already out for this week. Tank Dell is already on injured reserve. Nico Collins is questionable. Um, and then on defense, they have uh, injuries like Blake Cashman is questionable. Uh, Tavier Thomas is questionable. Will Anderson is questionable. If none of these guys play, the Titans should be favored by like, six points if half these guys play then it's probably the right line right now minus two and a half if all those guys play the texans should be favored especially cj stroud now i'm going to bet the texans at minus two and a half but i am concerned because it seems like every time that a player is in concussion protocol especially quarterbacks they play um it doesn't seem like quarterback as players but quarterbacks especially have been sitting for concussion protocol Derek Carr is the example from last week um it seems like they just say screw it we're going to play anyways even though we have a concussion so if that's the case, uh, CJ Stroud is going to play. And if he does play, then I have a bad line on the Titans. If he doesn't play, I have prob probably going to have a good line on the Titans. I have no idea what to do in this one. I do actually think the Titans are better offensively than a lot of people think. They're 13th and 14th in EPA per play this season between the Titans and Texans. And the Titans actually rank the Texans in success rate, 22nd and 26th. So I think the Titans are better than people think, and I just can't bet on the... I unfortunately have to place all my bets on Monday night, and I cannot bet on the Texans while um, 
their injury report is completely filled to the brim, especially CJ Stroud. So I will lay the two and a half points with the Titans minus 110. Uh, there you go. We're halfway through the picks. Eight down, eight to go. I'll be back in just a moment to give you my picks for the rest of the games as well as my best bets and my teaser of the week. I'll be back in just a moment. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, and we're back, and we're going to start right off with my upset pick of the week. Uh, I finally hit an upset last week. I uh, took the Buccaneers to upset the Falcons. It was one I wish I lost. Uh, obviously, I, I'm going to be rooting for my Falcons first before anything else, but the Buccaneers uh, was a little bit of an emotional hedge there. They came through at the end. Let's see if we can hit two upsets in a row. This week, I'm going to go Bears plus 150 against the Browns. Uh, I'm not fully, fully convinced the Browns are going to be able to continue to win uh with their offense um because they're not only is i think joe flacco playing a little bit better than he should be playing at like 58 years old or ever old he is um, but they have a lot of offensive injuries specifically their offensive line um their center ethan pochich he's questionable for saturday and their offensive tackle dewan jones out for the season that is their third offensive tackle that has suffered a season ending injury this year so they are trotting out a skeleton of an offensive line um, to try to protect uh, 58-year-old Joe Flacco against a Bears defense that continues to be um, underrated. So I don't have too much more to say about this. I just um, I don't think I w- this is a hot take. I don't I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns lose like th- two, three, or all four of the remaining games and miss the playoffs. I know their defense is very, very good, but their offense. I don't know how their offense has got it done recently, and I wouldn't be surprised if their offense stinks up the storm, stinks up a storm down the stretch. So I will take the Bears as an underdog plus one fifty. Jets Dolphins. This is my only total bet of the week. Um, to start the year, I was hot with totals. I then completely cooled off. I think I went zero and three on totals this week. So um, I'm going to try to stay away from them as long as I like a side on on the spread. Uh, but I do like this total. I'm going to go under 40 and a half between the Jets and Dolphins. I don't really need to explain this pick too much. The Jets defense, I keep thinking the Jets defense was going to uh, give up on the season, but actually they've actually started to play even better than they did in the first half of the season. Uh, they're now second in the NFL in opponent yards per pass attempt. They give up just 5.4 yards per throw. So if any defense can stop down the stop the pass attack of the Dolphins, it is the Jets. Um, meanwhile, I don't want to bet the Jets, though, because their offense is still the worst offense in the NFL. Dead last in EPA per play. Dead last in success success rate. They actually have a, a, a success rate 2% lower than the next worst team. Um, so I have no interest um, in betting on the Jets either. The Dolphins could win the, could win and cover this game 17-3. to That's a very possible final score. So instead of betting on either side, the only one I, the only side I feel comfortable with is under 40 and a half. And we have a total that is at the mark of 40 and a half, despite it being a team in the Jets that have the worst offense, but arguably, well, I wouldn't say the best defense, but a top three defense. I'd put the Browns and Ravens above them. I put in the Jets as the number three defense right now, but the worst offense. That is the recipe for an under, especially with a total in the 40s. I'll go under 40 and a half. Chiefs Patriots. I will take the Patriots plus 10 
<clears throat> minus 120 against the Chiefs. Um, by the way, how fun has it been to watch the Chiefs become... They completed their heel turn this week by losing on a game and Patrick Mahomes having one of the biggest hissy fits of all time. Couldn't even congratulate Josh Allen just told him it was a bullshit penalty. This is Patrick Mahomes who just won a Super Bowl on a holding call who, yes, I guess technically... Uh, that holding call on Bradbury and the Eagles was probably a holding call. Um, but that penalty was certainly less obvious than the Kadarius Tony offsides, um, which was an obvious offside. You got to call it. Um, he's Pat Mahomes has had a lot of calls go his way throughout his career. And for him to lose one regular season game because of a bad call for him to have a hissy fit, like that's not a good look. They have bugged me all season, but now that uh, they have officially given me a reason to hate them, I hate the Chiefs. With that being said, and this pains me to say it because this is the team I hate even more than the Chiefs and the Patriots, I think the Patriots are better in the record. Um, they are 17th in the NFL in net yards per play. They're actually 6th in the NFL in net yards per play over their last three games. The betting market has been treating them like a bottom three team or a bottom five team, and I don't think they are. I also think they're going to be able to run the ball against this Chiefs defense. Um, Chiefs defense is allowing 4.6 yards per carry. That's 28th in the league. Uh, they also rank 23rd in opponent rush success, success rate and 31st in opponent EPA uh, per rush. I will take the Patriots plus 10 minus 120. Rams, Commanders, I will take the Rams minus 6.5 minus 110. The Rams are the hottest team in the NFL, and even though they lost the Ravens, who, in my opinion, are the best team in the AFC, and my they won points in my book. They took the Ravens to overtime. Um, they are looking like a brand-new team than what they looked like before the bye week. Uh, they've now scored 30 points, or over 30 points, against the Browns defense and Ravens defense, the top two defenses in the NFL in back-to-back -back weeks. That's, that's a big, big, big statement. They're now 10th in the NFL in net yards per play, 4th in the NFL... Um, in net yards per play over their last three games. I gave them out as a 120-1 to Super Bowl pick uh, at the start of the uh, podcast here. And now this week they get to face one of the worst defenses in the league in the Commanders. Uh, Washington is 30th in net yards per play, 32nd in opponent EPA per play, 32nd in opponent dropback EPA. So if you're going to rank dead last in opponent dropback EPA, you're going to have a long day against this Rams pass attack. And for that reason... I'll take the Rams minus six and a half. 49ers Cardinals. I'll lay the four, uh, the 13 points with the 49ers. This is, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL. They are clear Super Bowl favorites. They deserve to be their first in EPA per play, sixth in opponent EPA per play. And if you want to look at some more offensive metrics here, first in EPA per play, first in success rate, First and drop back EPA, first and drop back success rate, fourth and rush success success rate, and third and rush EPA. Uh, and then if we look at yards per play, I'm going to guess they're second to the Dolphins. Nope, they're first in yards per play as well. So they're first, second, or third. <clears throat> no, sorry, they're fourth. And the, the worst stat they're in offensively is rush success rate, and they're fourth. 
The Cardinals got a little mini spark when Kyler Murray came back, but their defense is one of the worst in the NFL. 31st in opponent dropback EPA, last in opponent dropback success rate. So the 49ers are going to score basically at will. So the question is, can the Cardinals offense do enough to keep this within two touchdowns? I do not think so. I will take the 49ers minus 13. Cowboys against the Bills. Um, I've been the biggest defender of the Buffalo Bills in sports betting this season. I will continue to bet on the Buffalo Bills minus two. Um, they have had some terrible, terrible luck all season, in my opinion, and maybe their luck finally turned around when the Chiefs had that offside on the Kadarius Tony game-winning touchdown. Their offense remains one of the best in the NFL. They're top five in every single EPA and success rate stat. They're also fifth in yards per play. Their defense does have some issues, but their defense has been a lot better as of late. Uh, meanwhile, this is an all-time sell-high spot in the Cowboys. This is a team that everyone's on their bandwagon now. Um, people are saying Dak MVP. People are saying they're the best team in the, well, second-best team in the NFC. People are saying if the Cowboys and 49ers played again, it'd be a different game. I don't know if that's true, and I don't know if they win this game. I bet the Cowboys are going to be the most publicly backed team in terms of the betting market this week. And I already know the Bills are a team that the Sharps have been backing because they opened as one and a half point favorites, has moved to two at some books, two and a half at other books. That tells me sharp money was in early on the Bills. We'll see what happens now that the line has moved to two, two and a half, depending on what, what book you look at. Let me see if it's moved where I bet it yet. I bet it at Caesars at minus two. About two hours ago. And it is still at minus two. So it has not moved at Caesars. Um, oh, wait, sorry. Hasn't totally refreshed. Of course, the one time I need something to actually refresh for me, it's going to now be super slow for some reason. I don't think it's moved. Oh, there we go. It has not moved. So it's the minus two is still available out there. <clears throat> I think they can run the ball. I think if you want to bet on some prop bets, I would take some uh, over on the rushing yards, both for Josh Allen and James Cook, because the Cowboys are 31st in opponent rush success rate, and now they take on a top five rush offense. So I think the Bills keep the ball on the ground, find a lot of success running the ball. I think Dak Prescott has an average game at best, and I'll take the Bills at home, minus two, minus 110. Sunday night football, you guys, if you know me, you know which side I'm backing here. I'll take the Ravens minus three and a half, minus 110 against the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars might now be the most fraudulent team in the NFL with the Eagles. Now that everyone's calling the Eagles frauds, they're no longer frauds. If everyone calls a team frauds, they're not frauds. That's the way it works. So even though I was right about the Eagles, they're not the most fraudulent team in the NFL because now everyone sees what I was trying to tell them a month ago. The Jaguars may now take that top spot 27th in the nfl in net yards per play over their last three games 22nd in net yards per play overall meanwhile the ravens in my opinion are the best team in the afc third in net yards per play as well um so it's time to bet against the jaguars they are fraudulent even with trevor lawrence back they stink and trevor lawrence in my opinion is going to have a rough rough outing against this ravens secondary um now, I mean, their, their offense did do good against the Browns' defense. I actually think the Browns' defense has regressed a little bit, but um, I think he's going to – well, he, Trevor Lawrence did throw three picks. I think he's going to struggle against the Ravens. I'll take Ravens minus three and a half. Monday Night Football, if you thought I was going to all of a sudden switch and start betting on the Eagles, you'd be wrong. 
Now, this line has moved. I took the Seahawks at plus four at points bet and is now down to plus three and a half. Let me see um, if there are any fours still available out there for those of you who listen early on Sunday morning or Tuesday morning. Now, I'll be looking at this at 1.26 a.m. Eastern, so by the time you wake up in the morning and listen to this, even by the time I edit this, um, the odds may have changed. Sorry, I was looking at wrong game. Eagle Seahawks. Betway has plus four, minus 115. Power play is a plus four, minus 120. <clears throat> Superbook has a plus four, minus 110. <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice here. Uh, Betsafe has a minus 114. Betfred is a plus four, minus 115. There are some plus fours out there, but the not in the New York area. So it depends on what books you bet on. If you're based, basing this off New York regulated books, unfortunately, there are no fours anymore. I got the last one at, what I say, points bet, and it's already moved down to three and a half. Not much I can do, folks. Um, I'm betting against the Eagles once again. I actually think they've been getting worse as the season goes on. Um, their offense went from a, a good unit to an average unit. Their defense has gone from a average unit to a bad unit and net yards per play now the eagles rank 14th in the nfl in net yards per play at 0.0 that is worse than the falcons that is worse than the texans that is worse than the rams packers vikings lions bills chiefs cowboys ravens 49ers dolphins over their last three games now to be fair they have played three very good opponents in the bills cowboys and 49ers but over their last three games they have a net yards per play of minus 0.5 that's 24th in the nfl over that stretch they're dead last in opponent third down conversion rate. They're allowing teams to convert way too many third downs. They're allowing teams to convert 48.07% of third down opportunities. That is one point, quick math, 77% worse than the next worst team, which is the Cardinals. Not good. Their defense is giving up 5.4 yards per play. That's 23rd in the NFL. If you want to look at EPA stats... The Eagles defense is 29th in opponent EPA per play. Only the Titans, Cardinals, and Commanders have a worse defense in terms of opponent EPA. 23rd in opponent success rate. 29th in opponent dropback EPA. 20, 21st in opponent dropback success rate. 27th in opponent rush EPA. And 20, 15th in opponent rush success rate. This defense sucks. Now they're on the road against a desperate Seahawks team. A Seahawks team that's got a bad rap, uh, rap lately, but actually not bad. Actually, these two teams are tied in net yards per play. They're both at 0.0. I'll take the team getting four points at home. Three and a half, I still like three and a half as well. If it sneaks below the magic number of three, if it gets to Eagles minus two and a half, then I would take the over instead. But as of right now, even at the three and a half, which will definitely be available Tuesday morning, if you're listening to this, I would take the Seahawks plus three and a half. I got them at plus four minus 110. There you have it. Those are my picks for the week 15 of the NFL season. I'll go ahead and recap them all, and then I'll give you my best bets and my teaser of the week. Uh, we got the Raiders minus 3, minus 110 against the Chargers on Thursday Night Football. We got the Vikings plus 3.5, minus 105 in Cincinnati on Saturday. We got the Steelers plus 3, minus 110 in Indianapolis on Saturday. We got the Lions minus 4.5 at home to the Broncos, minus 110. 
We've got the Packers minus three, minus 102, home to the Buccaneers. We got the Falcons minus three, minus 111 on the road against the Panthers. We got the Saints minus five and a half, minus 110 at home to the Giants. We got the Titans minus two and a half, minus 110 against the Texans. We got the Bears money line, outright pick plus 150 against the Browns. We got the Jets, Dolphins under 40 and a half, minus 110. We got the Patriots plus 10, minus 120 against the Chiefs. We got the Rams minus six and a half, minus 110 against the Commanders. We got the 49ers minus 13, minus 110 against the Cardinals. We got the Bills minus two, minus 110 against the Cowboys. We got the Ravens minus three and a half, minus 110 against the Jaguars. And we got the Seahawks plus four, minus 110 against the Eagles. I'm on a lot of favorites this week. I've noticed as I've recapped these. Uh, but that's okay. Got to bet on every single game individually. Uh, my three, five best bets are Vikings plus three and a half against Bengals, Lions minus four and a half against Broncos. Falcons minus uh, three against the Panthers is a best bet. That's dangerous, I'm realizing as I say it. Um, Bears uh, plus three and a half against the Browns. And then Ravens minus three and a half against the Jaguars. So five best bets are Vikings, Lions, Falcons, Bears, and Ravens all to cover. And for teaser of the week, let's see if we can get back uh, in the win column for teaser of the week. We're going to take the Rams down from... Um, minus six and a half to minus a half against the uh, commanders. So basically Rams pick them against the commanders and we're going to take the Steelers up from plus two and a half is the current line, right? Cause I got plus three, but for the sake of the teaser plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half against the Colts. So Rams and Steelers in a teaser is my teaser better of the week. <clears throat> Whoo. My voice is going on me. Thank you all so much for listening once again. Let's get back to our winning ways. Let's have a big week. Uh, we had a weekend from hell uh, with my bets and with Otani signing with the Dodgers, which I didn't even talk about. I have nothing else more to say to that. Uh, the Falcons lost and the Maple Leafs suck. Um, but the weekend from hell is behind us. Good things uh, moving forward. We are coming up on the holidays as well. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the video, rate and review the podcast. All that stuff helps me out so, 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 so much. Thank you all so much for listening. The road to 272 bets marches on. Good luck this weekend. Gambler, bless. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.